What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? I started it. I started, I, it. S- I started minus wool. I started it. I, I, I pushed it. I pushed it. I, I pulled it. it. I pushed it. I pulled it. I pushed I it. I was just looking while I waited for you at an ad on Instagram for a humidifier called Miro, M-I-R-O. Uh-huh. And um, the selling point of this humidifier is that you can clean every single part of it with ease. Like the entire thing just comes apart and you can wash it with soap and water. Which is, you know, a big part of the problem with these other humidifiers. We're, like, taking the Q-tip and, like, trying to go around the little areas where, like, the weird stuff builds up. And, you know, there's parts in there where we can't even get to anything, you know, so. Yeah, I think that that's kind of, like, what we have, I feel. Yeah, I have the same one as you. But I feel it needs that Q-tip moment sometimes. Do you know what I mean? I do it. I do the Q-tip moment, but I'm now I'm thinking of investing in this Miro humidifier because it's, you know. Well, Miro, if you're listening. <laughs> Miro, not only do we want your humidifier, we want your air purifiers. Jack and I want to be healthy forever so we can uh, record this podcast for 60 more years. Well, just before, oh, 60, I was thinking 80, honey. I was thinking oh, wow. 80 more years. Put me in a cryo tube and I'll just talk from there. Um, I, I, they'll wake you up for one hour a week to be like, okay, how are you feeling? You'd be like, am I dead? No. They'd be like, not, not anymore. No, they, if they woke me up for one hour a week, they'd be like, how are you? I'd be like, bring me a coffee and a cigarette. I have to talk to Reed. You'd be like, I'm so cold. <laughs> so cold. So cold. I don't know that I'd, we'd be feeling anything anymore. Hopefully by that point, you're just receiving like a constant drip of clonopin. Um, well, or it's like the end of that show, Yars and Yars. I that didn't was see on, that. Um, with all the British people. At the end, one of, Wasn't Russell Tovey in that? He sure, well, he died. Good. Because um, he was trying to save his, like, Eastern European boyfriend. It was kind of disastrous, but... Um, you mean like the end, bad, they, like, like camp bad disastrous, or like... No, no, that part out? was actually... It didn't work out. It was a kind of like upsetting plot point where you were mm. like, what? Like he, he basically gave up everything in his life for this like hot Eastern European guy that he like fell in love with. Mm. And I was like, that's a bad idea. Um, hey, hey, we've all been there. Am but, I right, um, ladies? <laughs> am I Am I right? But the youngest daughter at the end of the whole series ends up uh, uploading her mind into the cloud. So she, her body's like no longer with her literally i just uh in a conversation in some like faculty conversation was like well i live on the internet now i'm just information i'm the end of lucy those were (laughs) those were my those were my like three parting lines they didn't know what i was talking about um uh ladies and another there are a, a sequence of three films that scarlett johansson made right around the same time called lucy I'm going to go in order in which I don't like them. Her, mm. Lucy, and Under the Skin. She uh-huh. is not human in them, and it's her best work. Um, I think it's imperative uh, that, that she do those roles. And um, uh, there was a Lacanian uh, psychoanalytic conference about those three films and her in them. Um and uh, that's all I have to say. That's all. I totally, well, she, totally interesting. 
<laughs> she is. She is at no. It is interesting because Scarlett Johansson is sort of. She is at her best when she has when she's not speaking. Although her defies that rule because she's only speaking in her. She's she's not in her body. Right. It's just not paired with the face. Um. I thought she. I really liked Lucy. I love when she just changes her hair or like makes everyone drop to the ground. It's very the craft in a way. Right. She also plays a not human in The Ghost in the Machine. Right. Um, a controversial film, I believe. Because be- she was being Asian. I think, <laughs> right. Isn't that, wasn't that the point of it? I don't know the original Ghost in the Machine. I. I, I couldn't tell you if it was a video game or a graphic novel. But I remember I that came up as well for Tilda Swinton. In Doctor Strange? Yes, yes. Um, and, yes. Uh, as it did for um, Emma Stone in that movie that was called like "Hello Hawaii" or something. What <laughs> I don't remember. What what, what what are you talking about? I don't know this. <laughs> Emma, Emma Stone played someone who was like half Asian in um, some movie. Oh, my mind literally—it's incredible. There's times when my mind it just it's it, it, it the 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 full like. <laughs> just blank slating of it from a statement like that. I'm literally looking it up right now. It's um, called, I really, I'll gag if it's called Hello Hawaii. It must have been a rom-com <laughs> or something because it didn't float across my radar. <laughs> oh my, I'm going to find Hello it. Hawaii. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait. <laughs> oh. It's called, I think it's called Aloha. No. Yes, it's called Aloha. Wow. Who else is in it? Okay, let's see here. Isn't this fun for you listeners just while we Google? Because as, <laughs> as, Jack, as Jack said, he's now just in the internet. I'm just the internet, but I didn't, I didn't know Aloha. Isn't that so. incredible that I called it Hello Hawaii, which is basically Aloha? That's true. <laughs> That's true. <sighs> wow. Wow. Mine does work in mysterious ways. Um, it's Bradley Cooper, Emma Stone, Rachel McAdams, Bill Murray, John Krasinski, Danny McBride, Alec Baldwin. Those are the big. Those are the big. Alec. Alec. I love Alec. Oh, it was produced by none other than Scott Rudin. Um, oh. but it was written by. It's a Cameron Crowe. He directed and writ- wrote it. Who is Cameron Crowe? Cameron Crowe is the one who did um, Almost Famous. Didn't see it. Uh, Cameron Crowe's like interested in music we don't like and like straight men. Oh, but mm-hmm. he did direct um, Jerry Maguire, which I did like. Is that where she says you had me at hello? Yeah. And he's, and Cuba Gooding Jr. is great in it. And, um, Regina, gosh, why do I always mess up the last name? Regina King or Regina Hall from 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 Watchmen. Oh okay. yes, fucking loves, fucking love. Regina King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Regina Regina King plays Cuba Gooding Jr.'s wife in um, Jerry Maguire, and and Cuba Gooding Jr. is like some big shot football player who has a bad attitude, so he can't get like big endorsements because people are like, you have to like be more gregarious you have to be more charming 
And he's like, I don't care about any of that. I just want to be good at my job. And I want you to give, show me the money is the line. I need you to show me the money. Uh-huh. Um, but um, his wife, Regina, Regina King is unbelievable in the movie. Unbelievable. She should have won all the awards. Um, and that little boy is really cute in it. Jonathan Lipnicki. I don't know who that is, but I do love Regina King and I do think she should win all the awards. Well, she has. She is now. That's that seems she to be her trajectory. So incredible. Um oh, well, you know, so 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 that spiral happened. Um we quickly spiraled in that. I really when are you getting this Miro air purifier? Oh, I haven't ordered it yet. It's a little it's expensive, but like what is that? Mm-hmm. Like a thousand dollars? No. <laughs> <laughs> like a it's a hundred and thirty, hundred and fifty. Uh-huh. Not, I think the one we have is like $30. I think that this air purifier that we all have was like 50, 70, 50 or 70. Oh, well, it yeah. should be 30 because you know what I mean? Um, it's well, not it's, that a, great. It's, it's, it's attractive and I have to say it makes mist for like the longest time. It it's does make crazy. mist for a long time. Um, the really water time. is so hard up here that like a calcium really begins so quickly that you know it's it's whatever um yeah um okay what were we talking about you were talking about your air purifier and i want one i want miro to send it to us i don't have an air purifier no no i would love one and miro makes an air purifier too i want a humidifier and a purifier and a cryo tank Oh, beautiful! And like a cryo um, I, tube. Yeah, I repotted. I my repotted my house plants yesterday. Um, That's that so was, weird. Do you know who else did that yesterday? Jeremy. Yeah. What the fuck? Did you guys talk about did that? He? No. Wow. That's so interesting. You know, repotting house plants is messy business, especially when you don't have an outdoor space. Um, so that was hard for me because I don't like it when soil gets all over the kitchen. You know. Right, right, right. You don't but like all, to walk all... on dirt as if you're in Rite of Spring by Pina Bausch. It, well, it sound, I mean, I would like that. I think right. that would be a fun experience. Right, right. But anyways, they look great. They look, they just like, for me at least, psychologically, they seem a lot happier. You know, it, it was as if their shoes were too small and now they're, they're um, released. Wow. Are you so bored with me? What are you doing? <laughs> I was thinking about plants and them getting repotted and them growing into your apartment and New York. And I love you, New York. And I love New York. I love New I York. I feel like at some point I'm going to have to be repotted because I, you know, this apartment is a bit like tight shoes. That apartment is tight shoes considering how... Uh lengthy you are yeah um, it would be wonderful if i could have like basically this size of space for a living quarters and then like another chunk of space for studio and kitchen separate like kitchen elsewhere so wouldn't that be great just like kind of double this would be ideal <laughs> double yes i agree i mean well and how was it when you were at aunt jane's 
That must have felt mm-hmm. nice because you could go outside really and have like yeah. a backyard where you could move yeah. around. Uh huh. But it, you know, the whole time it was like, this isn't mine. This isn't mine. This isn't mine. Totally. There is that feeling. Yes. I, I, I relate to that. Um, though I do really love, what have I been doing? Like I've been running. Um, I can't run for long before my knees fall off. I can mm-hmm. only <laughs> run. Mm-hmm. I'm up to about 11 minutes, wow. um, which is pretty good. And I ran yesterday and get this. It was dark, cold. I start for a run listening to Tori Amos because dial up the is drama. Is this in the, in the night? In the night? It's like 5 p.m.? I do like to, for some, when it was on, I had like a really short break. No, I had, because yesterday I had taught back-to-back classes with a faculty meeting in between them. And then I had like a half an hour. And I was like, I could eat or I could go for a run. And I was like, I'm going to go <laughs> for a run. And I... I just, cause I needed to, you, you know, you just need to move like in a, some way. And so, um, though there's moving in both of my classes, but I needed it for myself. So mm-hmm. I ran outside and I was like, just go girl. This was three, about three thirty, And it was totally dark. Wow. It was absolutely ice cold. And I got, I ran away. So I knew it was going to take me about like 11 minutes. So I had run like, you know, a distance of five minutes and then hail. Wow. Hail just began and just went for it and just full on hail until I love hail. Cause I was hail like, is-, is this freezing rain or is this hail? And I was like, this is hitting me hard enough. That doesn't feel like freezing rain. Hail for me is one of the most romantic weathers. Hail is just frozen water, right? Um, yeah, it's ice chunks. Yeah, this was ice chunks because I was like, well, maybe it's freezing rain, but it really it pelted in a way that, but it felt good. I felt like I was getting um, like Exfoliated. a yes, an ice facial. Gorgeous, <laughs> and it's wild. I've really gotten into, I'm telling you, this this taking a freezing cold shower. Um, has really helped me deal with I'm going to run in the elements no matter what they are. You've really built up an endurance for this cold showering. Yes. Well, and the, it's even more shocking if you take an incredible, I'll take an incredibly hot bath and then <laughs> I let that all drain out <clears throat> and then I make myself stand in freezing cold water for 90 seconds. Wow. I won't do it. Oh, well, I do have to say it's helpful mentally. Well, and you, you haven't been, well, I won't, it's almost like I shouldn't even say it out loud, but like you haven't been sick as much. Totally. I also, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I also haven't like seen anybody, um, for. That's true. uh, You haven't, you haven't been near a person. uh -uh, Since, you know, March 14th. So it just goes to show you. Other people are poisonous and germ carriers. Yes, which I would have, I absolutely would have uh, said, and which you've experienced me on a plane um, before all of yeah, this. Yeah, you've always, you've always, you've always felt this. I've always felt this. And, you know, as cats liked to say, now more than ever. Um, isn't that what the slogan <laughs> was under cats? Um, <laughs> or maybe it was always and forever. Who knows? But I feel like it's now more than ever. 
I don't think that's right, but it's close. I think it's now more than ever. Cats. Um, I want to do a little dun 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 dun, dun um, journalism, mm. which is uh, a couple nights ago I couldn't sleep and I thought, you know what, what's going on? And I toggled between MSNBC and Fox News from like one till three in the morning. And I know someone's texting you. Who is it? No, I have um, classmates texting about graduate seminar. Oh, I'm not in that. I don't think I'm in that class. You should write them back and say, I'm not in this. I'm not in that class. Please take me off this thread. (laughs) (laughs) But now I'm also like, what is graduate seminar? (laughs) But I think it's fine. I don't think I'm in that class. Well, can you imagine? Maybe it's happening right now and you're missing it. That's okay. I mean, it is supposedly happening right now because I we have a group me, which is a just yet another communication app that I didn't want to sign up for that my my classmates. I don't know. I don't know, like what the benefits of using text. I, I don't I don't get it. or WhatsApp, but this one's called group me. It's called group and me. Group me. Uh huh. And it's how all of my cohort communicate with one another. Um, I don't understand. Why isn't there just like a group text? I mean, exactly. Are people's <laughs> phone numbers listed on this group me? Is this like a way so people no. can be like, you don't get my phone number? Like you can only contact me through email. I don't want you to ever call me. Is that why? I mean, but we could also contact each other through email. But then it's like not a texting thing. But I, I mean... Whatever. I don't really know. I have in many situations just had to ask people what their phone number is so, so I could text with individuals. But I mean, you can whatever. I'm not going to group me. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. my God. It literally made me yawn. Just another form of communicate. I don't it's like, my God, so many things. Um, And then you probably have to have like push notifications enabled on it. So, you know. Yeah, I do have, but that's why I had to step away from you for a moment because people started, sometimes you'll get like 10 at once because I heard like, it. How do you get, how do you get into the Zoom? I heard it. It was and like, then, eh, and then I'm like, eh, oh my God, eh, Zoom. I didn't have any eh, eh, graduates, graduates. Eh, eh. I'm really confused though. What well, don't you think summer? someone will like text you to be like, Reed, are you coming? Sometimes they do that. Yeah. That's good. Um, I'm just checking on my Canvas. Canvas, yet another platform. What is that? Canvas? Canvas keeps, Canvas is for schools and it keeps all of your mm. like classes in like one place and mm. like uh, with the assignments and schedules mm. and blah, blah, blah. School graduate, what is this? Graduate. In my day, we had Google Calendar. okay portfolio languaging performative individual at graduate i no, i'm not in this class i'm not in this class there was one class i like didn't i opted to take a different class performative methodologies in place of graduate seminar little did i know performative methodologies was going to be like 20 hours of homework a week so Whereas if you but, would have taken graduate seminar, like you just had to like listen to someone talk so you could just have your Zoom on but not participate. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> that sucks. Maybe you can transfer. 
Um, I looked at the lineup of speakers for graduate seminar and I just really wanted to take this. Is there any way that I can switch from this one where I have to write to this one where I get to listen? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm not going to worry about it. And um, if I missed it, I'll catch it on video. Honey. As they say. Honey, honey, this will be recorded as they say, (sighs) as they say. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Canvas, all these apps, school, what have you. I have a whole folder on my iPad that's just called school and it has all these apps in it. Do you have an exclamation mark after school? No. (laughs) School! (laughs) Um, so I just wanted to bring a little attention. Have you heard about this Emily Murphy character? She is the head of general services administration. And if she said Biden is president, it would just go through. It is no, it's not up to Trump. It's all on Emily Murphy. Oh, what is her job? She's the head of the general services administration. And so that is quite a title general services. GSA. So, and the GSA is like a person who's selected who's not the president so that they can be like, okay, well, this person's one, you know, and then, and they allow the transition of power to happen. Right. She was appointed by Trump, of course. Oh, uh-huh. And so she's just a puppet and she is going to get away with this and she will go on to just like get some high paying job like the one she has now and... Um, no one will remember her name or hold her accountable because everyone's going to keep being like, it's, it's Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump. Well, ladies and gentlemen, other, it's Emily Murphy. Go ahead and look but her up. Go I ahead mean, and find just, her. Emily Murphy was hired by him and she's just doing what she was told. Sh- sh- well, no, I mean, she actually could let the transition of power happen and then she'd be right, fired. But then that like, that would exactly, she would be fired like this other guy who just got fired Chris, whatever, from the... Uh, Well, there comes a point in time where it's, like, where you know the other people involved. Like, there, you know, it was... We did know other players involved in Hitler's regime. You know, you don't just get to be like, it's just Hitler. It's not. And it's not just Donald Trump. It's Emily Murphy. And there are other people involved. They're complicit. Beyond. And they're abetting. And... Yeah, it's um, they're participating and and yeah. actively holding up a transition of power, which is literally killing more Americans right now because we d- there isn't also then this transition of uh, the the COVID medical. I mean, I'm also a little bit like, what on earth would Trump's team know about any of it? like they give a shit. But maybe they do, and Biden does need to get access to that. And right, um, I was thinking about. There's this great article that came out about Ferrante's Elena Ferrante's work, like I don't know, two or three years ago, maybe longer. And it was about um, how she was so iconic. (laughs) That's not what the authors wrote of um, giving giving us really the the fiction about the time we live in, which is the era of pettiness. And mm. I've really been thinking about that and just pettiness, just the pettiness of it all. Um, and then how it is working itself out at like the psychotic 
global death level is um <laughs> is wild. It's really wild. I mean, it it is it is shocking at times to in well in the last few years to have really experienced this group of people who have set aside any kind of normalcy, mm. morality, logic to stand by someone who is objectively awful and has been forever. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? This yeah. isn't this isn't a person who is at one time like a humanitarian or a person who was um um what is it uh generous in any way. This person has been lying and profiting off yeah. of abuse forever. It's and incredible. I mean, it's incredible. People have chosen Okay, it's just like silly to talk it about is, this in circles. It is. Circles, it is. Like, it is. It's absolutely the, the, the silly, fact, but it's just it's that it, it's it's the breathtakingness of it where it's like It is. where we look at it and we have all this knowledge and like you know, we you know, we have everyone, we have all these people who are like he's such a piece of shit, he's a loser, all of these like resorts have collapsed, he's filed for bankruptcy. It's like he's always fucked over like the laborers on his properties and, you know, or like the tenants of his buildings. He's like an unabashed racist. And yeah, he is objectively grotesque, Uh mean and bad in, in his own words. You know what I mean? You you don't have to look any further than him actually speaking out loud to understand where he's coming from. He's very transparent. And people are like, cool. (laughs) They, they, they actually are because They've decided that it doesn't matter what he says. I mean, it does matter what he says because they've chosen to believe it as truth, even though they know very well. They know very well. Well, here's the thing that's interesting. And we've talked about this before on here. Sorry, ladies, gentlemen, and other, if this is such a repeat. Some know very well and some don't. Oh, my God, that's so beautiful. Two beautiful oh. cardinals, just like big red cardinals, just flew up right in front of the branch by this window I'm sitting at. And earlier today, while I was on a Zoom call, a little bird came and perched on the windowsill and looked at me and flew away. Thanks, oh, birds. Nice. Um, I, I feel like a Tori Amos song. <laughs> Anyhow, well, most of my most of my days, I'm either Tori or PJ. So um, some people do know and are like, yes, like these people who are like, you know what? I am a Nazi and I'm proud of it. Like proud boys right. just coming out and being like, these are my beliefs. And then other people... And those people maybe are also trauma survivors. And then there's also people who are um, trauma survivors who I think are just sort of uh, Stockholm syndromed or, you know, looking to looking to uh, find a way to get power. You know, when you've when you are a trauma survivor and then you're looking to get power in some way to not be abused again, perhaps that's what aligns them with someone so abusive and that's sort of more of a mysterious, they need therapy to uncover them, you know, the the crying child that they're avoiding inside of themselves. Um, so I think that that is this part of, as the, as the saying goes, hurt people hurt people. <laughs> but at a certain point, it's kind of like um, they have to, well, that is where an asylum might suit them best so that they stop hurting people in this like huge big psychotic active way right this this covid spiraling i mean this thing too of that the numbers are up when literally every 
fucking doctor when this started was like, well, come November. Remember? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I look, this is not, there's some small part of me. And I texted this to you last night, which takes great pleasure in watching the spike. And I know it's only to do with the fact that it's been brushed under the rug by Trump for so long being like, no, we're turning a corner. It's all going to be fine. So to see everything play out as anticipated by the very people he's trying to discredit has been deeply satisfying. And this is the moment where I would think that I and my like Kirsten Dunst and Melancholia would be right behind you on that. I surprised it surprised myself feel just incredible despair. Like I feel a sense of utter hopelessness and um, just a real, uh, like, a grief. I think I just feel so sad um, and terrified, terrified of losing people close to me to some to this disease, which Donald Trump and his cronies knew was coming. Like, I don't, anyone who listens to this podcast already knows all of this, but like the senators who were offshoring their stocks before this hit us without like letting people know, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's all that intel. There's all these Republican senators and some Democratic ones who did big stock market exchanges in um, January. Why? Because they knew. And... So Jack, Jack, you knew I did, but I was, I, I, and I was talking to people about it and I was, Jeremy and I started wearing masks right away. Like that whole thing of like, well, masks might not help you. We were both like, so like on one, on one hand, you can say that they're complicit. They were privy to like, uh, uh, documents, et cetera. But also like a lot of people just sort of looked at, the news or, you know, what was happening. But I'm not a leader. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a global leader where, or even a state legislator where I could be like, um, excuse me, everyone, ding, 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 ding. This needs to be like front page of like, even in my local town gazette. Like we talked about on this, but it was like, you know, they were taking care of their own self-interest before they were taking care of the people and helping other people. Right. And I did not do that. Like it's, and like, what oh, was no, I going to, I was in full panic. Best. I was you in, were announcing it on the podcast, et cetera. I was like Cassandra to the ends of the earth. And yeah, but these fucking people who, and this is the other thing. These people work for us, which everyone seems to completely forget about all the time. These senators, yeah. these Congress people, the president, all of that, they are supposed to be a public servant. They're supposed to work for us. And instead they're killing everyone. And it is, while they continue to be like some disgusting, ugly celebrity, like they're just, it is, um, they found a way to get power that actually has nothing to do with helping other people. And then we have, uh, you know, some opposites to that, which I don't see at all on the Republican side um, and see some of on the Democratic side. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, it's disgusting. They're public servants. Hold them accountable. It is really like... the So that's where my despair at the violence of power happens, as well as the despair of the 
that is also the sort of pettiness and infighting in in the left that can't like pull itself together to really battle this demonic, hateful, very well-oiled and put together right conservative party. Mm. They are definitely all working together. But I also it's don't so want fascism. Like so, and maybe I mean, that's it's what... just so very like Star Warsian. It's mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. scenarios you couldn't imagine occur. I mean, I guess they do occur. They occur in countries all the time, and right. then they make like fantasy movies about it. And then you're like, wow, isn't that like insane that people could be so overtly evil? And you're like, oh, wait, it's literally happening. It's actually <laughs> totally. literally happening. Totally. And I did. I mean, and I shared this in this in a faculty meeting yesterday when they were like, well, how are we going to talk about this? And I said, well, I do think it's. <laughs> important to discuss the legacy of this country it's how young it is in terms of the the people who took the country over from its uh original inhabitants and yeah, but the whole problem is is like the dna of this country is based on theft tea. it just is like all these people came and were like Mine, mine, mine. <laughs> totally, mine. totally. Oh, I want. I, I, I'm going to put a flag here. And now I have. And there is something acres, psychotically karmic about like everyone about this country being so off the charts on everyone getting sick when it's a country that was about coming and making the people who were originally here sick. Yeah. So it is, you know, I know you and I diverge on the you know spirit karma moment, but it's a real. Oh my God! I have such a great TV story to tell in a second. But um, oh. uh, for some brevity after this uh, research journalism, but uh, <laughs> it is... Re- this is full research journalism full, based on no research. Well, I that's not true. I talked about that woman I want everyone to look at. And I, you know... Emily I, Murphy. And I want us to hold her accountable. I don't want these people's names to be forgotten and for this just to be Trump and his family. I yeah, I just saw this great video, if only I could actually remember the names, but of somebody coming to like a um, like a town hall, not town hall, but like a district meeting in Detroit uh-huh. or somewhere in M- Michigan where these two Republican people who were um, in charge of certifying the votes decided that they weren't going to and that in the in Wayne County they were suspicious because of discrepancies but in this other county where it's like 90% white people which had greater discrepancies they were like well we're more than happy to certify those votes but we're not happy to certify the votes in Detroit which is 80% black right um and so this guy came on and was just like you you will be remembered in history as racists yes you will be he's like I need everybody to remember your names which of course I don't but um (laughs) which is why I'm like, and it's partly that these players anticipate the kind of watershed of information happening and that they can, that they will be able to get away literally with murder by just like, well, today's news, tomorrow's fish wrap. Well, also be by continually discrediting the validity of real information. That's the whole thing. They're like, it's, it's, um, Alternative facts. It's fake news. I mean, we're not saying anything everybody doesn't already know. Right. But I am. But if you don't know, if you don't know about Emily Murphy, (laughs) who it's Emily Murphy, who's the head of general services administration. Look her up. Remember her. If you're a writer, maybe you want to write about her in this moment. Maybe you want to write about like, what, what has her life story been like? What makes her this? And 
and lead, and she's got a very nasty history behind her that, of course, would make her the perfect candidate for someone to, uh, the perfect wrench to throw into the machine. I mean, that is, that's the book. The book about Emily Murphy should be called The Wrench in the Machine. And, um, yeah, and she should be studied and, ex- like, examined, and her childhood should be, like, looked at and analyzed and she should be written about and it should be a book that's available for people in the future you know it's um she is she's a murderer and that's the truth the title of the book should you write it out there and be a historian about emily murphy can be called a wrench in the machine take it use it we're artists we're we're not going to be writing a historical document Um, And that is the end of the research journalism uh, uh, throwout. Um, I was watching Grand Prix figure skating. Mm -hmm. Johnny Weir and this other guy were talking. um, And because that would literally be how it is. Johnny Weir and some other guy. Mm -hmm. And the guy just let Johnny Weir talk. He did laugh at this one point, though. This uh, skater did this thing. And, oh, it was sort of. It, the music was sort of French jazz, what, I guess. What kind of figure skating are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, male solo figure skating? Male solo figure skating. So it's Grand Prix, so it's young. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of mistakes and what have you. No one's in the audience. Everyone's, you know, it's... There's people in masks who are I don't watching. think Grand Prix means young. I think skaters just are young. But I think Grand Prix are the competitions that help qualify you for nationals and worlds. But I think well, then wouldn't they be young? Well, all skaters. And are... you're right, actually, because after that was swimming, and there was a guy who was 29. Whoa, ancient. Let me tell you what was incredible to watch was a fifth, uh, 1500 meter. Is that like three lengths or something? What is that? Three, what is that? Oh, honey, so many more. Oh, like a million. It, like, it's, it, it's, it's like watching people swim for 15 minutes. Wow. And it was so tiring incredible um really calmed me down that really calmed me down and but how the figure skating how'd the 29 year old do i'll tell you about it in a second i want to finish i want to go in order <laughs> i'll let you have suspense okay so johnny weir this figure skater is you know does something and johnny weir goes oh i really loved that french abstract moment <laughs> and um, the, uh, the commenter starts to laugh and Johnny Weir goes, that's pretty good, right? French abstract moment. I'm going to have to remember to use that again. <laughs> and I just thought, I love gay people. <laughs> like it really, I couldn't, I like, it, it made me laugh so hard. And then she had a comment that really sent me and it sounded like something you would say. And I can't remember what it was. It was, um, I don't remember what it was. It was so good. I mean, and it reminded me of Johnny you. Weir as skating commentary is gold. And in, in conjunction with Tara Lipinski, I mean, chef's Absolutely. kiss. Chef's kiss. Absolutely. Truly. Just like, because they know all of the things while also being human beings. Like, it's just really, and also feeling like they are, feel emblematic of the sport, which is, you know, kind of gay. It's so, so gay. It's it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why, like, I know 
a lot of people who are figure skaters as opposed to like me knowing even one person who ever jumped over a hurdle. Like I don't, I, or uh, one person who ever like, Can't tell you. who ever threw a football. Like, I don't know. One person who ever threw a football. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I Joe Montana. That's not, is that someone? I think it's a famous football player. No, but we don't know him. Whereas, like, we actually know figure skaters. Like, we literally do. What? Do you and I know? Sure. Oh, Dan. Like, Garen. Oh, Garen. Come on. Come I, wa- through, I, met, I met Timothy Gable once, and um, I went on a with a group of friends to see Ratatouille at the Ziegfeld Theater. <laughs> Incredible. We with also Timothy met a Gable. friend of, and we met some queen who is a friend of one of our dance friends who's a figure skater. Um, you know, it's no. like, how many times has one of our friends been like, oh, here's my friend who <laughs> is a pro basketball player or like has ever is a basketball player. Like what? One of my classmates, uh, is a trains figure skaters, teaches them dance. Ugh, I love that. Lar Lubavitch did that. Okay. L- um, well, look, basically honey, we're figure skaters. Honey, basically, basically. I have the ankles for it, quite frankly. It's just, you know, solid. <laughs> <laughs> not that flexible um so that was that the swimming was incredible i highly recommend if you're ever feeling really stressed out watch a 1500 meter swim because um i mean work honey go off it's like wait it's i have so a question endless. i have a question mm-hmm. was this an international grand prix where they're like skaters from all over the world no this was just china there was just chinese skaters correct this was oh, wow. this was just for China, mm-hmm. and were the skaters um, okay? So in male, so was it a short program or a long program? I don't get it. Was it was it like two minutes or five minutes? I I think two. Okay, so you know, in short programs, they have to do like certain required elements. Yes, yes. yes. And mm-hmm. how one guy could jump so high it was crazy, but and how his blades were gold. How many quads are people doing now in a given program? Mm, in these, I feel like they were only doing like one. Really? I think. I could be wrong. They would do it like in, in combination with a triple. They'd be like quad, whatever, triple, whatever. Sure. So here's the thing, though. Like, I don't know what those terms are. And I don't. I used but to, aren't I, you listening to them talk about it? Oh, uh, that stuff goes through me like beyond like that you just hear french abstraction yes i only hear i only hear it when johnny Mir is like oh i loved that french abstract moment wow otherwise like it just sounds like oh a double toe loop into a super quad double x you know i'm like right but i'm just gonna say when we were young mm. like just getting through some triples was like big deal like if a guy did a triple axle it was like wow good job now it's like oh that's that's, that's you over. better be able to yeah absolutely yeah. for sure now sure. there's like young women doing quads. So everybody yeah. watch yeah. out. Absolutely. Did I tell you that I started taking steroids? Uh, why? I'm injecting steroids um, because I want to really bulk up and it's been <laughs> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was depressed and da da da. JK, JK. Um, I'm not um, yet. Uh, okay, though I swimming. do get ads for like, take a pill that's like human growth hormones, but it's just herbs. And sometimes I think maybe I should do that. And then I think, I think it's too late. No. Um, swimming. Oh, okay. Swimming. Swimming. Okay. So there's all these guys swimming. This Ugh. was, um, I think they're only American. 
And this was in like what are, I don't know what where are it was, people like wearing? What are people wearing these days when they swim? Um, like it looked like the knee length shorts, the knee like above that. So like a mid thigh. It looks like a like bike. It's like yeah, bike length bike, bike shorts, but they're very it, like low slung on the hips. Yeah, and and not padded like bike shorts are. I think bike shorts have like a sits bone padding in them. I think they can, but I don't think they have to. Oh, okay. Um, the guy who won is at Princeton, and his cap came oh, off no. two laps before he was done. And the commentator was like, he was so in the lead, and she was like, his hair will drag him a little bit. Oh, God. But I still think he's going to come in first. And it was so exciting to think, wow, just... Your hair on your that head is, is going to so create a drag. Wild that the cap could come off. How even it came off? Well, it was interesting. He only breathed on his right, uh-huh. um, and he breathed every stroke. Oh, so on his right. So they were doing freestyle. It was a freestyle. Um, I don't know how many people swim in a competition, probably six or seven or eight or nine. (laughs) And, um, the 29 year old who was, you know, like uh, older than all of them came in second. Wow. He was right. And he was right behind the Princeton guy. Good for him. Um, when the Princeton guy came out of the water or like when he finished, he like you know made a face to the camera about his his cap and everything. His hair was so gorgeous. I don't understand how it could look like that when he's in a pool every day. Wow! It was like perfect, beautiful. Like he shook his hair and it was like perfect, gorgeous, and he absolutely looked like a movie star. Oh, I'm gonna have to find this. I love a swimmer. Wow! I think his last name was. Mm, I'll just look at Princeton swimmer. Gordo. Cap. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Gordo was, or something like that. Because they kept saying it and I was like, what are they saying? <laughs> um, and about how hard, because Ivy Leagues have shut down their, um, have shut down their uh, Olympic training stuff. I think that sounds good to turn turn off the news at, at your home and watch people just swim back and forth. That's good. I'm glad. I'm proud of you. And he's from Harlem. Um, and that, so that felt exciting, like a real like, yes, go off, New York. Incredible. Um, New York, winning swimming. Who would have thunk? We, bar- we barely have a pool. swimming. You know what I mean? Barely a pool. Yeah. Swimming is for California, you know? Right. Swimming is for cap. Like, where even is Michael Phelps from? Nobody knows. Truly. <laughs> He's literally from, like, Mars, based on how he looks. Truly. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we could ask Siri or someone, you know, where even is Michael Phelps from? Um, but uh, speaking of hair, beautiful hair. Did I already already tell you about these YouTubes I've been watching of this Chinese woman named Lizzie Chi, L-I-Z-I-Q-I? I don't know. What does she do? I don't think you have. She, um, what doesn't she do is really the question. (laughs) What? Yes. A Renaissance woman. She, 
Um, okay, so basically, I'll just take you through an episode to understand what it is. So basically, like, they have these okay. names called, like, The Life of Wheat or The Life of Tomato. And so the first thing you'll see in these videos are, like, sweeping, sweeping vistas of, like, clouds going over Chinese mountains in the countryside. Beautiful. Uh-huh. And then you'll see Lazy Chi planting wheat seeds in a field and then they'll do a time lapse of the seeds growing so now you have to assume that seasons have passed or you know several months and then eventually lizzie chi goes out into the fields with a scythe a scythe she's absolutely gorgeous in full like porcelain doll makeup with like 10 foot long hair she's wearing like peasant farming attire she goes out in the field with a scythe and she harvests the wheat she now brings the wheat back to her property where she lives with her grandma and she always says grandma open the door when she's carrying like 1300 pounds of wheat like on her shoulders (laughs) and then she'll like strew the wheat all over the property for it to dry out and then she'll um separate like the shaft from the stalk she'll turn all the stalks into like she'll sew them into hats you know she'll like start braiding them together, sewing them into hats. And then she'll (sighs) grind the wheat into flour and then prepare a hundred of the most exquisite food things you've ever seen in like a wood fired gigantic wok or this wood, wood fired oven that looks like a cat. Um, There's always like puppies walking around the property. Um, I mean, I can't tell you, like she also like makes dresses. One time she, went and picked up some huge baskets of wool from the local sheep farmers. And then she cleaned it all, dried it in the sun, spun it into yarn, braided it into braids, and then sewed those braids into a gigantic cloak that she dyed from blueberry juice. It was very ugly, but she did it. Um, She once made... My mouth is open at the blueberry juice. She once made makeup, various kinds of makeup from um, rose, rose, roses. I'm just going to say roses because there was a whole episode where she took roses and did a million things with them. But she made lipstick where she dyed these delicate papers in rose dye. And then you just like wet your lips and you kind of like with the paper between your lips and it dyes your lips red. Um, so I wonder if that's what Brittany's planning for Rose Project. Hopefully, hopefully. But Lizzie Chi has made it her mission to, like, show the people of China, like, where their food comes from. Um, Because she feels that people have lost touch with, you know, where where everything comes from and how all these products originate. Um, And she has, like, 20 million views for these videos. I love that. Will you please send yeah, me that? Yeah, you should I start maybe with that. Life of Tomato because there's a part where she builds like a wall and a fence and she's like actually cracking stones in half using chisels and then like no. maneuvering them onto this like stone wall. And she's a tiny, teeny little thing. Wow. Yeah. And where is she? She's somewhere in the rural Sichuan province, I think. Oh my God. That sounds incredible. You should watch it. That's, that is a real, that is a real, I guess, you know, what I need to do. Sometimes there was a week last week where I went out and I, there's this really small, dull hatchet. Mm -hmm. 
and I um, chopped up uh, wood with it. Did, did were you successful for an hour? In like splitting I was, logs. I was. I I wasn't splitting logs. I was splitting um, like branches, fallen down branches <laughs> from a storm. So they they were big. They were like the size of a leg. Oh, so is that a log? That's not a log. No, I think of a log as being like you know you really gotta have an branch. They were a branch, and also when I say leg, I mean like my leg. Okay, not so, not my leg know. or Jeremy's leg. <laughs> no, no, no. Joan Didion's leg. Okay. And, so a twig, um, kindling, <laughs> kindling, <laughs> a chicken bone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, and I did have that thing happen where I hit this one and then it like, uh, flung into my oh. face, like hit my face really so hard. Scary. But fortunately I was wearing so much Vaseline on my face that it just slid, <laughs> slid right on off into Beautiful. the clouds. Did I ever tell you that scary story of once I was building this shelves in a closet when I lived on Coney Island Avenue and I was like hammering Mm-mm. wood pieces into the wall to like rest the shelves on and I needed to pull a nail out of the wall that was like an old nail and I was pulling pulling with the hammer you know I used the back fork of the hammer to pull the nail out Mm -hmm. and then it like it came out unexpectedly and the hammer slammed into my face but like right below my left eye and I think it like maybe did a little bit of a fracture because, like, I have felt different over there um, ever since. <laughs> and I have felt different over there ever, ever since. since. And that was in, I'm going to say 2009. Wow. Yeah. That is quite a while ago, I have to quite. say. Quite. It was 11 yards ago or more. Because this yar is coming to an end and my birthday is in less than one month. I know. You know what? I ordered you a birthday gift and I ordered it last week and it hasn't arrived. Well, you have a lot of time. And I'm annoyed. a lot of time. I know. Well, it's a phone call. I, I have a list. I have a very long list in front of me today of things that I can hopefully try to accomplish. Many of the things on this list are things I write down on this list every oh. day um, that I still don't do. Let me read you okay, one. I love that. Open your mail. Oh, boy. Um, uh, that's fundamentals. Medical statements. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and then like things to read. I have written down over and over and over again that I need to read John Waters's Puff Piece and Hatchet, uh, which was recommended to me by someone I respect greatly. Is, what's, and, is um, Hatchet like a, a book about a young man who goes in the wilderness and to survive? I don't think so, because this is written by John Waters. Awkward. It's not the same. Um, no. no. What am I? I wonder like what I'm Grisham. thinking of. What is? What am I thinking of? About a boy who goes into the well, wilderness gets, with a hatchet? He doesn't go there of his own. He he gets accidentally stuck there. Like, he's in a plane crash or something, and then he's alone in the wilderness, and he has to survive, and he does eventually get found, but he has a hatchet or something. I think the book might be called Hatchet, quite frankly. At any rate, maybe Lizzie Chi, Hatchet, Puff Piece, um, Open Your Mail. Have you watched The Crown? I haven't started yet. I'm, I don't know what I'm saving it for, but I haven't had time. I'm terrified about school right now. 
Are you ready? I haven't either. I can't. I haven't watched anything since we watched The Face. But you watch Swimming. Well, I d- that's just stuff that's on TV when I'm, like, eating in the kitchen. Right, right, right. So it was like, you know what? I'm going to... Because otherwise the news would be on. So Maybe over the Thanksgiving holiday, we'll, we'll watch The Crown. It's true. I do get to have next Thursday off. Right. That is I, true. I will I'm, ha- I, I'm not allowed to go out to my mom's. Can I come to stay with you? I don't think so. <laughs> No. That's great. Thank you. Not, I mean, unless you want to do like a, a real choir moment. Well, I just got a test results from the weekend and I'm COVID negative. Mm-hmm. It's really this thing of like, oh God, I can't even get into it. Like reading the news of that 75 people, 75% of cases, we don't know where how they're getting it. Like the contact tracing isn't working. Like, you know, it's basically to be like, um, yes, masks are a good idea, but you know, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I've definitely, I'm definitely in an overwhelmed panic <sighs> despair mode, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's tough. What are you planning on doing for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I don't know. That's why I asked you if I could come to your house. <laughs> um, I think we would need to, uh, let's talk about that offline. Right. Well, no, like, like no, no pressure. Do. I don't actually, I have like no emotional investment in it, but I would like to make, you know, um, jellied cranberries and mashed potatoes for somebody. I mean, even totally, totally. Well, I mean, Jeremy and I tried to, you know, Jeremy was like, Oh, let's get a Turkey. And I was like, I don't care. And then he tried to get one and it was too late up here. What? They're all gone. That can't be true. I, honey, you go to the yes, grocery store. Gone girl. No, they gone. will have re yes. Grocery store. All of they it. will have restocked between now and Thanksgiving. There are turkeys. I don't really need to eat a turkey. No, Do you know I what abs- I mean? Do you love no, turkey? No, nobody does. Me either. No, that's not true, honey. People are like, I go off for a turkey. Well, that's just they have like positive memories associated with it because of the day. Thanksgiving's a, you know, exciting day. It's just all this food. Right. Right. Again, not really my thing, but yes, I get it. I mean, it. I have had some exquisite, like Thanksgiving for me between the ages of like five and 15 was the bet? I mean, uh, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. Or maybe even later than that, maybe like 19. But then I started to lose interest in like feeling bad, you know, after I ate that much. Yeah, totally. I don't, it's just not my, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I mean, every day Jeremy's like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I need to redirect that. You should have it's, a, con- you should hard. ask Jeremy to, not even ask and just make whatever he wants to eat. And then problem solved. That's what I said. I was like, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But Jeremy's timer just went off. So I guess. Do you have to tell him your timer went off? Well, I think he's making some sort of, he's making a stew type thing. Um. All right. Well, on that note. <sighs> was there nothing else? Was there nothing else to tell you? Lizzie Chi. Actually, James Whiteside and Garen Scribner. Turned me on to Lizzie Chi. Oh, wow. Lizzie Chi. Um, gosh, was there nothing else? There was something. Perhaps not. Perhaps not. I'm COVID negative as of Saturday. That's what they say. I mean, I'm really glad about that. It's my fourth COVID test. It's so boring. <gasps> I think I might have found it. 
Found what? Found what? I think I might have found who the this person hair? is. Is that what you've been doing this whole time? I've been doing other things. <laughs> I could tell. Um, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Are Dylan you- Porges. P-O-R. Dylan Gorgeous. <laughs> Can you imagine? Wait, how do you spell the last name? Porges. P-O-R. Oh, P. P. Porges. P-O-R-G-E-S. Oh, I see him. Wow. And his hair has really grown out, though. Like, he has long hair now because of, uh, he called it, you know, his COVID cut. Wow, just that first picture of him that says Princeton swimming and diving. So it's and charismatic, wonderful. I think he's kind, and I think he should be a movie star. So there you go. Yeah. Did you hear him interviewed? Did he have a... Yes, he was so kind and nice and just a good person. Can you imagine? I know nothing about this person. I'm like, he's... <laughs> He's really wonderful, and I hope that he gets uh, his own series. Oh, and also Barton texted me that... Um, oh, his show's coming out. That his show's coming out, and I think the trailer's come out I saw it. the trailer. Uh, I saw... Is he in the trailer? He's dancing around in the trailer, but he doesn't talk in the trailer. And I'm ready to see him talk. Yes, honey. But yes, um, Barton's TV show's coming out on Netflix um, in December. December 14th, I believe. So far away. So, it's so far close, away. Jack. That'll be here in November. It is. Yeah. Well, it's already. What day is it? December eighteenth or November eighteenth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's coming. Fair enough. Shall if you look around your room, what's the first book you see? Volatile Bodies: Towards a Corporeal Feminism by Elizabeth Grosh. Wow, I love that. <laughs> what that about is, you? That's so smart. The first book I saw when I turned my head, because it's laying on my bed from reading it last night to hopefully make myself go to sleep, is Sylvia Plath Collected Poems. <laughs> I mean, you are, you love, you love repeating stuff. There's absolutely, like, if I look pat, if I look at where the books are on my desk, um, that's a different story. Yeah, that's that, a different that, story. This stack of books... Which the volatile The next bodies. book I see is Susan Laurie Parks, 365 Days, 365 Plays. Those wow. are... At my bedside. Susan Laurie Parks wrote a play every day for oh, a year. No, that's and, wow, practice. Uh, that's... Uh, I'm teaching that. God, semester. I wish I could do something every day, like exercise. I love seeing the title of this one from uh, Alyssa Martyr. It's called Dead Time. Temporal Disorders in the Wake of Modernity, Looking at Baudelaire and Flaubert. Oh. God, that sounds hard. Um, I think that'd be hard for you, but I do think you would like Ghostly Matters by oh, Avery Gordon. I love the title. Haunting oh my God, Avery and the sociological... Gordon? Yeah. David Gordon's son? I don't think so. I do. I don't think so. Oh, his Avery... name is Ain Gordon, not Avery. Yeah, Avery... Ain. Yeah, Avery Gordon is female identified. Okay, She's a professor of sociology, <laughs> okay. University of California. <laughs> very different. I was very different. I was like, I'm really sure this is a woman, and it's yeah, uh, Ain Gordon, Wally Cardona's partner. <laughs> <laughs> no, different. Ain Gordon is Wally Cardona's partner. I think so. Yeah, I didn't know that. Now this is Avery F. Gordon. It's haunting and the sociological imagination. It's about like who do we ghost? What happens? I mean, Dance World royalty, right? Wally Cardona and Ain Gordon. T, honey, T. How do you spell Ain? A I N. That can't be true. Look it up. 
Oh, oh my gosh. goodness! Wow! Oh wow, my wow. goodness! You're right. Oh it is A I N. You know what I'm going to say to that? You better work. <laughs> no. Oh God! I was so hoping you'd get oh, it. Oh, I, I knew it. it. I yes. Knew it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Oh my God! And I just saw Keon on a Zoom oh, with Pacific Northwest Ballet. Keon, who's the one who made he made it famous. He didn't. He wasn't the OG, but he made the storytelling of I knew it very famous. Wow. Because he is the one for whom those two women were fighting that they wanted to do. Well, we don't choose partners that way. And, oh, we'll see about that. We'll see. We'll see. And Keon was the one she wanted to dance with. We'll see. Oh, wow. I knew it. I knew it. I Um, knew it. Um, You know what was on last night that really made me laugh that Jeremy had on? Again, that's a repeat. And... I had forgotten a lot about it because I haven't seen it in a really long time. I think the last time I saw the movie in its entirety was on a date I went on in 2010 to see the film, which is Bridesmaids. So good. And Jeremy had it on last night and I laughed so hard. Uh. And then I really, really laughed at, um, what is the, what am I looking for here? Um... Oh, the deleted scene of the little boy with her. Oh, my God. Yeah. It is incredible. Isn't that amazing that like, she, like, has this whole plot line with Paul Rudd that just got caught, cut from the movie? That they were just like, we have to cut it. The part when she, when he's like, my grandmother died where you're sitting. Oh, yeah, she she, she died right here. She died right where your underpants are. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. I mean, revisiting like what Melissa McCarthy does in that movie, it's really like, wow, she really did deserve that Academy Award nomination, which she did receive for that movie. But Melissa McCarthy is always incredible. You know who else is always incredible? I know you love Rose Byrne, and I don't. I am. You're so wrong. The part where she's crying (laughs) and she looks ugly and, 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 uh, in the car smiles and she's like it's just making me happy to see you you know crying this is the first time you've ever looked ugly she's like, no, and I don't. the way Rose Byrne laughs and goes <laughs> I don't look ugly I don't <laughs> I don't and that she like laugh it's it's incredible Rose Byrne is so fucking talented and knowing that she's having to do all of that while doing an American accent yeah it's impressive really hard She's also so incredible in Spy, a really wonderful movie I recommend if you need a laugh. Melissa McCarthy and Rose Byrne. <laughs> really um, good. But Melissa McCarthy at the end when she like goes to save Kristen Wiig at her house and she's like, yeah. get up, you stupid bitch. And she's like, that really makes me cry, that part when she like kind of beats her up and She's yeah, like, I feel like I'm that's something you, I would. Ho- I feel like it was something I would that I would hope that you would hopefully do for me, you know. And I feel like you did. I remember once when I was planning on going to Germany, and you grabbed me by my shoulders and you said, "I am more important than, you know, that guy." <laughs> um, and uh, also, the part the part that I love in that scene in particular is when Melissa McCarthy goes. Let me tell you about a little girl named Megan. <laughs> and when I'm talking about Megan, Megan's me. I'm Megan. I'm talking about me. I'm Megan. <laughs> that, and just knowing how much of that is like improv uh, is really, is, uh, what a treat. Yeah. But I when that little it. boy goes, you're making me uncomfortable. 
Yeah. Do you want to see me dance? <laughs> Amazing. I can't. I can't. God, they t- really can't. shouldn't have. They should have just made the movie two and a half hours. There's no need to cut it. Totally. I That movie is so good. What a treat. What a treat. Um. All right. Well, there you have it. A real this and that. Uh, to quote a book by Betty Davis. Yeah. Well, and, happy Thanksgiving. Um, this will be... Um, no, but, this isn't our Thanksgiving episode, uh, is it? N- well, you know, we won't speak to them again until after Thanksgiving's over, because next Friday it'll be over. Wait. So this what? Friday, which is mm. in two days, this episode uh-huh. will be released. Mm-hmm. So we say happy mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, which will be in six days. Oh, wow. We should have talked about Thanksgiving and stuff. Well, we can. I mean, it's only noon. <laughs> What was your absolute favorite Thanksgiving you've ever had? Food-wise or friends-wise? Well, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to answer the question. Okay, interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. One time... Mm. Look, I have very positive memories associated with being at Sharon's house for... It's the place I've been for most of the Thanksgivings. Of totally. My life. And, and all totally. the different various. Me too. The var- <laughs> all the various Sharon houses. Because it's uh, always a beautiful meal. It's totally reliable. Right. It always looks the same way. Right. We always take a walk in the woods or by right. the beach. Right. Or, it's always great. Right. Right. True. Remember when we had that Thanksgiving with that guy who ended up becoming like a famous movie star? Yes. Pico. I mean, I, I have Thanksgiving with him every year. <laughs> Pico. What's Pico's last name? <laughs> Um, it, well, he goes by a different last name as for film than he does. Um, oh, what is his film last name? Gosh, if only I knew. It's a quick Google. Let's see. Well, what is it? Does he still go by Pico for his film name? Yes. Mm, Pico. Oh, there he is. Um, meet the 26 year old. Pico Alexander is the last name he goes by, but his real last name is like. Jogola, J O G O L L A. I don't know how to say. You're it's probably Polish. not supposed to tell people that. Like he's probably, you know, like needs oh, to have some anonymity no, I think now it, that he's famous. No, I think it's fine. He's Polish. He's and also, you guys, he speaks Polish, which people who speak languages is amazing. Totally, totally. Um, a friend of mine went on a date, and I was like, "Send me who you're going on a date with," and he sent me the the person's like profile thing. And it was, um, and he spoke like seven other languages and I felt so hideous. (laughs) It really, it is so, it's so hideous. So, so yeah. So, but I'm asking for your favorite Thanksgiving. Right, 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 right. Okay. I think your favorite Thanksgiving was you and me and at Sharon's and then we took a walk on a beach. No. Um, when, you know, the whole period of time between like 2000 and 2008 or nine, I was, or no, 2000, wait, no, I'm not wrong. My, my years are mixed up, but there was this period of years where I was in ballet companies. And when I was in ballet mm. companies, it was, you know, you, you have Thanksgiving where you are. Cause it's nutcracker season. You don't, you don't mm-hmm. go home. Mm-hmm. And one year, my friend Alexa came to visit me in Columbus, and we had Thanksgiving at... Alexa Yates? No, Alexa Kirshner, who I went to college okay. with. Okay. And okay. we went to the grocery store in the morning, and mm-hmm. she wore this pink tool on her head to protect whatever her, she had curlers in. 
Mm. And we rode bikes and we got there and we like bought stuff and we had like, we made little, and her tool blew off at some point into like a bridge or something. And so then she was just curlers at the grocery store. We made a very small Thanksgiving to eat at my house so we could have leftovers. Mm -hmm. But we went to this woman, Tracy's house, who was in the company, who had a daughter. And a lot of the like young members of the company, we all went to her house because we were like the orphans. And we had a blast and it was, we played Twister and we, oh my God, it was so fun. So that's one of my faves. What about you? I love that. Yeah. So what's interesting about holiday stuff is I can't remember. Uh-huh. Interesting. Like Thanksgivings and Christmases are kind of erased. Um, wow. I think just because they were so traumatic as a child that they're just gone. Wow. Um, I do remember speaking of that guy who I almost went to Germany for going up to Montreal and having Thanksgiving with him. And it was memorable because it was so psychotic. Yeah, that's crazy. So I think, I guess that was a really great one in a way that was great because it was so um, like a bad queer indie film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super. It's like that, that. very good movie. Um, weekend, but like a lot worse. Totally. I never saw that movie, but oh, I it's absolutely. Good. It's quite good. It's very touching. That's, yeah, this was that, except instead of it being like touching, just sort of more like psychologically um, uh, gnawing. Right. It like was like possession. Gnawing on your nerves. Possession yes, this weekend. Totally. Totally, totally that. Totally that. I would like stay like without like leaving an atelier, like just stuck in an atelier and like really um wild. Wow. Yeah, wild I think times. My my I had one Thanksgiving when I lived in Seattle where it was just myself, Noelani, Brady, um maybe one other maybe Kara came. But we were all like kids in Seattle and I made kids. kids. You're all kids. We're all kids. <laughs> and I made America's Test Kitchen, Cooks Illustrated at the time, was mm. their periodical. I made basically their entire Thanksgiving. And, you know, these recipes, mm. America's Test Kitchen recipes are incredible. They're amazing recipes, so thoroughly researched and, and mm. tested. And I made their whole Thanksgiving, <laughs> and it was exquisite. Wow, I love that. I mean, you doing it is really, you doing it is really correct because it would be like, well, this is going to be really good. Um, I kind of, what's another one? I remember Thanksgiving a couple years ago where we, um, or Jeremy and I and Parker and a couple of our mutual friends got together and we all made a different dish. I don't think turkey was involved. It might have been. And then we watched um, the screener of Sacred Deer oh. and really just like laughed and screamed through that. That feels like a Thanksgiving movie. That one was good. Yeah. And I can't remember last Thanksgiving at all. At all. And I can't remember last Christmas. What about that? I don't remember 2019 Thanksgiving or Christmas. You were, well, Mm-mm. gosh. Girl, it's gone. Mine, those are, they're they're vague to me because I feel like the last few years they've all been very similar. Mm. Can't say. Yeah. Don't know. Anyhow, on that note. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And 
and may yours be yes. uh, safe. Yeah, and if you need and recipe warm. recommendations, la- go on YouTube. Last year's the Bon Appetit people did Thanksgiving Made Perfect, and it's like a, a six-part series where you can literally step-by-step learn how to make everything perfectly and it's um it's wonderful it's also fun and while you're on youtube go to the dance and stuff show and watch our thanksgiving episode from last year which was with cola scola and aaron markey oh my god that was a year ago honey can you imagine feels like the 80s um but it was it was just last year so feel free to go ahead and watch that episode of um thanksgiving with friends cola scola and aaron markey well, ladies, gentlemen, other, we loves you. We do loves you. And, and um, um, don't forget oh, to and vote. Thanks. Thank you for <laughs> writing in Jeffrey Edelstein. It was very nice to hear from you. And thank you for the the chocolates and the mask, Jeremy, Jeremy Priles from Australia. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I didn't receive chocolates or a mask. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Jeremy is my friend. He's a designer. I know him. I understand. But I also feel we've both been sent things from people before. So, well, so you just putting it out there. Well, you got that fancy coat, Jack. That I, fancy it was, blouse. It's a blouse. Um, please feel free to send me other things. And, um, <laughs> uh, and you don't, and don't worry about sending read them too. Um, obviously. <laughs> I guess that's how this is going now. The era of pettiness. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's, that's it. That's it. It well, does stand to reason that only our Swedish listener would send us identical gifts. Because, yeah. you know, Sweden my god someone help get us a visa um and i'm not talking about a visa card though i'll take that too but a a visa for (laughs) us to live in sweden um any other first world country besides here okay well all right loves you all loves you bye bye Hi, Dance and Stuff listeners. This is Margaret Fuhrer. I'm the editor and producer of the Dance Edit podcast. Like you, we love Reed and Jack over at the Dance Edit. And if you get especially excited when they turn into journalists and do reporting, we think you might like our podcast too. The Dance Edit podcast is a weekly dance news show. It's hosted by me and three other editors from Dance Media. We work on Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit and Point. And every Thursday, we discuss and sometimes yell a little bit about the week's top dance news story. And then we interview one of the dance artists who's shaping the news. And our recent interview guests have actually included a few dance and stuff friends. We've had Kyle Abraham, we've had Lloyd Knight. Basically, we've built a nice little nerdy community, and we hope you'll join it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and at thedanceedit.com slash podcast.